Hunter stories. Now, welcome your host, Jenny Polly, and his lovely wife, Tracy. I hear she's a lovely girl. <laughs> All right, everybody, and welcome to episode 27? I believe so. I think it's 27. If not, we'll correct it, but we'll just say 27. Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry, and I'm beside my lovely wife, Tracy. Hey, guys. How are you? I almost forgot her name for a second. I know. You hesitated. I I know you did. That could have been bad. This is some cool stories. We get a quick update on the show so people know what's going on. We have done away with the Shorts and Giggles uh, video series because nobody was watching. I guess, <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest with you, the only reason we did it is because so many people said, man, the podcast thing's cool, but I like to see people on video. See, it's, that's kind of an insult, but I feel like. Well, yeah, once they seen us, nobody wanted to see us again. I know. That, oh. But, you know, so we said, well, let's, let's do this. We'll do some of the shorter stories and we'll make the video series out of it. So we did three of them. Uh, I don't know. It just, you know, we're, we were getting literally, not exaggerating, 10 times the amount of people listening to the podcast than we're watching the videos. Uh, and, you know, not that we don't want to give, because obviously we do, but, you know, we both live busy lives. I work 70 hours a week on my, my regular job. Tracy goes into her job, you know, regular 40-hour-a-week job. So to take the time to do the video and all that, I just don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice the quality of the podcast to do to do videos that... Really weren't getting that much of attention. So what we decided to do is we still can give back, but these little short stories that we were doing on the videos, we'll just kind of put on the end and we'll do a full story like we've been doing, but then we'll do a small story each week uh, or an interview. And that way these shows will be longer. That's the one thing everybody's requested, longer show. So we should start doing about an hour long show uh, coming up. And so that's hopefully that make people happy. Yeah, that's okay with me because... Honestly, I just wasn't looking my best, I don't think. Hard day's work, bags under the eyes, you know. You know, you feel me? Yeah. You do? Not lately, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we putting our stuff out there? <laughs> there ain't been putting no stuff out there in a long time, trust me. Oh, my God. Also coming up next weekend, and I don't know when this is going to air, but Tracy and I are going to be doing, um, I recorded a segment for History Goes Bump, which those were our friends over there, Diane and Denise. We're going to record that. I'm not sure when they're going to use it, but we're going to be talking about Bobby Mackey's on their show. So we thank those guys for having us on, and that's another podcast I advise people to listen to. All right, so let's talk about Dyatlov Pass incident. And excuse me if my Russian's a little off. Um Man, some of these words are really hard to pronounce. Yeah, as a Seriously. matter of, as a matter of fact, because I'm not going to butcher it, and I I really think it's confusing because any any research I've done on these, especially video, when they try to name all the Russian people that were involved, I lost interest, and at the same time, I was confused as to who they were talking about anyway. So, here's what we're going to do: we're not going to mention anybody's name except for a couple. We're going to mention Dyatlov. And the reason we're mentioning him is because he's the one that actually headed up this whole thing, and then it was named after the pass uh, was named after him after this incident. So it's important to mention him. And we're going to mention uh, Yuri Yudin. And the uh, only reason I'm going to mention him is because he's going to come into play a little bit later. So The big yo-yo. Yeah, the big you. So what we had, we had eight men and two women. This is back in um, January, late January 1959. It's in the northern Ural Mountains in the Soviet Union. Now, they started off around a, a mountain that we'll try this again, but it's uh, Colatiago. That don't sound Russian. It sounds a lot like uh, I know. Spanish. But, but that was nice. You did that really good, honey. Colatiago. 
No. A whale's vagina. No, that's San Diego from uh, Anchorman. Uh, this uh, I'm going to interrupt this for a funny story. Back when Anchorman came out, I was living with a young lady. This is pre-Tracy. Uh, well, she was still around, but I wasn't with her. But she's just so people know, she's not like 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I, was, I was dating a girl, and she had a five-year-old son. And we would watch Anchorman, and her son would watch it. And one day, we were... Uh, we were sitting in a restaurant, and it was about nine or ten of us, and it was her dad and her mom and a couple other people, and we were sitting there, and this was after church, and we're sitting at this restaurant, and her five-year-old just blatantly comes out and says, a whale's vagina. Oh, my God. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. <laughs> That's was, awesome. It was so funny, but needless <laughs> to say, I was given a big lecture about what I allowed him to watch on television, so. so That's great. So, anyway, so... Kalatiago is Russian for Mountain of the Dead, just mm-hmm. by coincidence. That was what it was already called. So what happens is late January, you've got 10 hikers, eight men, two women. These people were experienced skiers. Mm-hmm. And they actually were, these people, if you knew anything about them, they were very strong. They were very athletic. This is a very challenging thing to do, which was to hike up this mountain. And, but they were, they were ready for it and they, they had the ability to be able to do it. So that's the first thing you need to know is these weren't just also rands that just decided, Hey, I'm going to climb a mountain. These people have been preparing for this. Yeah. So on the day that they started off, the, they, right after they really got started, they went for a day. And on the second day, uh, this Yuri, uh, Uden, he got sick. So he had to turn around and go back when he did, uh, Diatlov told him, said, look, we expect to get where we're going by the 12th of February. When we get there, we'll send a message back so you know. Mm-hmm. Well, time came and went, and they didn't hear anything. Uh, so the 20th, a lot of the family members said, hey, we need a search party. Wait, they waited till the 20th they waited to say that? Well, I mean, this is the late 50s. I mean, well, they, they did think that it was going to take – Diatlov told – uh, Yuri, that it was probably going to take a little bit longer uh-huh. than the 12th, so they really were kind of thinking, you know, oh. eh, it's 14th, 15th, yeah. it's, you know. Oh, okay. And p- plus, the 14th would have been Valentine's Day. And oh, they yeah, were they'd be trying, trying to, to get their love on. Well, to be I figured they were probably trying to keep from buying gifts, so, oh. you know, if they don't come back for Valentine's Day, you don't have to give them a gift. That's the rules. That is so bad. Well, oh. some people are just cold-hearted. <laughs> so... They get this search party together, and they go out there on the 26th of February, 1959. They stumble across a tent. I had a little bit, a little bit of a burp when I talked. So they stumble across the tent. Stop. I'm trying to be serious. This is people's lives we're talking about. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> so. Sorry. The searchers show up and, and they find the tent. The tent's covered in snow, not completely. It's sticking, you know, mostly out of the ground, mm-hmm. but it's been ripped in several places from the inside. From the inside? From the inside. So, and then there's eight or nine sets of footprints, mostly with either no shoes or one shoe or completely barefooted leading from the tent down towards the woods going, going down the, like a little gully there. Oh, Lord. And the thing of it is, is 
you know, with it being cut from the inside, that means that they had to, they were hastily trying to get out of the tent for some reason. So what was making that happen? Well, maybe was it an avalanche coming or well, something? Some people say they think it might have been an avalanche. They could hear it coming. But the problem, the problem with the avalanche theory is, you know, why would they, if they could hear it was an avalanche, why would they cut their way out? It seemed like that wouldn't be that quick. But at the same time, why would there be footprints that they could see? If there was an avalanche, that would cover up all the footprints. Oh, well, that's true. So that wasn't the case. So when they, they explored this, and then they went down a little bit, and they found the first two bodies. And the first two bodies, oddly enough, um, were laying by a tree. There was this tree that had some broken branches going up about, you know, five or six meters, which I don't know my metric system. I think that's about four feet. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think a meter shorter. So anyway. So you mean they, you think they were trying to climb the tree? Well, it looks like, looks like maybe somebody was trying to climb the tree and maybe, maybe survey the situation. Oh, okay. Because uh, the problem to begin with is they were wanting to get over the pass uh, when they started out and maybe set up camp. Because they had taken a bunch of, before they really got started, with the neck of the woods or the trees, they had put a bunch of supplies and stuff there so on their way back they could grab them. So they didn't have to try to carry them. But sometime during the course of going to where they were going, uh, the storm got so bad they kind of got off track a little bit. Oh. And went a little bit to the west so they got they got lost. Oh. They were still kind of going the right direction. but. Yeah. But they were, you know, enough where they they decided to hastily just set up shop. Oh my gosh, that's so scary! And so they go down there and they, they discover these first two bodies. There's the tree, looked like somebody had been climbing, and you could tell there was a fire there uh, that had went out. So the remnants of somebody trying to keep warm. Here's what the problem was, though: the two people there that they found dead were only in their underwear. What? They had no clothes, and this was something like twenty to thirty uh, degrees below, below zero. Below zero, yeah, uh, very cold. I wonder if, uh, so I wonder if hypothermia set in, maybe they, I've always heard you get that burning feeling or something. Well, that's, some people say that, um, they, they were, the cause of death was listed as hypothermia. And some people did say, you know, why would they, why would they not have any clothes on? Well, yeah. but, there, but there is a condition of hypothermia to where you get disoriented and may take your clothes off. Oh. Uh, so that's something they, people have seen in the past oh, with hypothermia. Gosh, that's terrible. So they get so delusional, they actually think it's hot mm. when, because it's the actual, like, just like when you touch ice for very long, it feels like it burns your hand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. In their mind, they were thinking they were hot maybe. And just yeah. Oh my gosh. Just like when I guess people get drunk or what have yeah. you, they get real hot. That's yeah. why they tell you not to drink when you're going to be out in the cold because you it throws your temperature thing off. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like when you go to ball games and it's like going to be really cold, they tell you not to drink alcohol because it'll make you think that you're warmer than you really are and you can actually suffer hypothermia. Well, I'll be dang. Why didn't you tell me this stuff all before? We are educational on this show. Um, they went a little bit further, and that's where they found three more bodies. Now, these three bodies, one of them had a fractured skull. And they were kind of in the shape that they were heading back towards the tent. All, all three of them were faced like they were going back to the tent when they mm-hmm. found them. And most of these bodies were found face down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you would think law of averages, just like flipping a coin. It's not going to land on heads every time. Yeah. But I guess all these bodies, <laughs> they just <laughs> all landed face down. Now, the, the other four, it took two months to find. Um, when they did find them, they were down in a ravine. Mm-hmm. And this was the most curious because there was a couple of things with these that really stood out. First of all, they were better dressed than the other ones because they actually had the clothes on from the first group of people that died that were naked. So obviously they died first 
And they took their clothes because, you know, they oh. weren't going to be using them. So they yeah. took the clothes to try to keep warm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was like one of the girls had, like, a pair of pants tied around her ankle, you know, just, like, wearing it like a boot or a shoe. Yeah. They uh, had some other things that were really curious. For example, one of them had a fractured skull. Mm-hmm. Two of them had broken ribs. And one of them had broken ribs and her tongue and part of her face and part of her skull were missing. And her eyes too, wasn't it? Yeah, her eyes too. Her eyes were missing, her tongue was missing, and she had fractures. Yep. Now, the funny thing about these, they said that the the internal injuries that they suffered were equivalent to being hit by a car. They said that no animal or no person could have done this. Because the blunt was so... Yeah, yeah, because it was so much damage. But the other thing is, there was no damage to their outer body. Oh my gosh, what in the heck is it then? So it said, you know, whatever it did would have been caused by like a heavy pressure. Uh, Once again, the avalanche thing, but they were only, they were only covered by about three foot of snow. That wouldn't, the weight of that snow would not have caused that kind of damage. So some people say maybe the fall into the ravine, maybe they fell into it. Yeah. uh, Not knowing that it was there. Maybe it was, the snow was blowing, they couldn't see. Then that's the funny thing. About it, you know, like I said, when you're missing a tongue and an eye. Now, one of the things about the the girl that was missing the tongue, um, which you got to think, guys, for most most guys, you know, that's the perfect woman missing a tongue, so they can't talk. But that's just me. Yeah, you better continue on with the story. <laughs> well, I mean, tongues can be used for useful purposes too, so I guess it goes without saying. Well, listen though, wasn't that one girl kind of face down in the water? Well, that was her. That's what we were, that's what I was getting ready to say. She was face down in the water, uh, when they found her. It's like a little stream that was running, running through there. And they say that it's very possible that like the eyes missing and the tongue and all that. Maybe a fish ate it. It could have been, I don't know. Maybe the fish thought the tongue was a worm. <laughs> and no, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things. So maybe something in the water did that. Did so, you know well, I mean, and probably they said that's probably what it was. Cause they said that, they said that, that like her tongue missing and the eyes missing and part of her face, that that wasn't part of what caused her death. So that's something that happened afterwards. Um, so, you know, they're, they're trying to find reasons as to what happened to the, to this. And the first thing they did was they thought that the native people, uh, they're called the Mansi people that are from there. They thought maybe they had done it. And, um, Why, because they were on their land? Or yeah, something? more or less. They were just in that part of the property. The problem with that theory was that none of the people were even around her, and there was no signs Sign of, of, of like combat like, or struggle or anything like that. Well, I don't know, but I tell you, this is just the saddest thing. I just feel like this is the saddest story that all yeah, those people. It's much sadder than the story about the guy killing the six family members that we told on the Amityville deal. This is much sadder. Oh, well, this is sad too. <laughs> so what was, what ended up happening is when they did the investigations, and we're going to get into some conspiracy stuff here, but when they did the investigation, they listed the death as an unknown, compelling, natural force. Oh, so what the heck is that even? How about, mean? how about that for a definitive answer? Like, it's like saying your guess is as good as mine? Pretty much. Um, so here's some here's some conspiracy theory, theory stuff. Um, we we know that they said avalanche they thought was the main reason. That's what most people try to say it was. But once again, the footprints weren't covered up. The tent wasn't all the way covered up. Um, I told you that Yuri Yudin would come into play a little bit later. He came and he was part of the search party 
And uh, he noticed some things that were at the campsite that he didn't recognize. There was some cloth that looked like military cloth. There were some goggles. And there was some skis that he said weren't there. That wouldn't, that was not part of it. So that brings us to the first one. There's a people that say that Soviets uh, had some cover up in this. The military was using around that area for some test sites for some missiles. They were testing nuclear weapons. And some of the bombs that, that they would drop back in that time, uh, it would come down on a parachute hit, and some of the damage that it would do would be similar to what these hikers had. It would do internal damage without having any external effects. So that's the first thing. That really comes into play a little more when you realize that the lead investigator uh, came out in 1990 and wrote a book, and he said that some people had seen spheres of light in the sky that night. Now, that could have been missiles. It could have been a UFO. It could have been almost anything. But once he reported to his commanding officers that they saw spheres of light, they told him to close the case. That was done. Now, this whole report was put into Soviet files and was sealed, and nobody had access to them until the 90s. No, that wasn't obvious at all. No. So when they when they did get these files back and get a chance to look at them, there was uh, some missing stuff in the report. It was obvious that it was missing parts. Um, one of the things that they did leave in it, though, is two of the, the hikers' clothes were highly radioactive. No kidding. So once again... Yeah, what could that be from? This could almost sound like that it could be from uh, a missile or something like that. Now... From February and March, there were several people that saw they saw spheres in the sky, glowing glowing light. So that brings up the third theory of maybe it was aliens. And dang little green man. It's funny you mentioned little green man because we're going to talk about that next, where oh. that saying actually came from. Oh, um, yay me. So the aliens theory suggests that, well, once again, they may have radioactive... Uh, there were some reports that there was some metal shrapnel found all around, but uh, some people say there was, some people say there wasn't. Okay, but so if it was a missile, it would have had to land a thousand miles away. No, it could have landed within two or three miles. But there was no crash site anywhere, which pretty much, you know, that depending on who did the investigating and what they actually reported as accurate, if there was no crash site, then it couldn't really be a missile. Well, yeah, I, was, I don't know much about missiles, but I think if it hit anywhere close to you, it's going to just blow your butt up out of the water. Well, like I said, but if you know anything about nuclear weapons, nuclear weapons can hit and they can have an effect for, you know, miles upon miles. Mm-hmm. And it can level houses without even hitting in, in, the, in a 10-mile radius. It can level no. a house 10 miles away. I'm glad just I don't know about them. Didn't you watch... Uh, Men in Black? No, no like... <laughs> Men in Black. Oh. Remember when you worked at Louisville Mega Cavern and they yes. used to show that video all the time with like oh, the well, waves going through? Yeah, that's true. Guess you don't pay attention at work. That's all right. Well, I'm there to, to entertain people, not know the facts. And the other theory, which we'll just say right now is not true, the Russian Yeti, like Bigfoot, abominable snowman, not the one from Rudolph. Oh, that would have been cute, though. I want to be a dentist. That's my, <laughs> that's my Hermie. That was good. Um, so that, that, that is the other one, is the Yeti. So to this day, nobody really knows what happened. Uh, there are some pretty gruesome autopsy 
pictures and stuff of these people that are still frozen and oh, decomposed. Yes. It's so terrible out there. I actually put some pictures uh, up on the our Facebook page. You did? Yeah. Well, that's on some, but there's some pictures on the Facebook page of some of the some of these things that you can pull it up and and uh, take a look at. It's terrible. Terrible. So that's the that's the story on Diatlov Pass. Um, it's, it's, it is kind of sad to know that these people just perished and they yeah. were all, they were all pretty young. They were all in shape and nobody really knows to this day what happened. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And you know, once again, to the conspiracy theory, after this happened, the Russians closed off that area for three years to the public. So nobody could even go near there for three years. So if I had to lean a certain direction, I would probably lean towards the whole, uh, missiles, nuclear situation. Why, how else would you explain the radioactivity? Mm-hmm. How else would you explain the injuries with no outer, um, uh, signs of force? The, how deep the injuries were. Like I said, it said it had to be equivalent to a car wreck. Yeah. And then, like I said, sense. there are no signs of an avalanche. I mean, if I was to take a guess, now there are people out there that said they think the reason, uh, something that could have happened, they, they used a stove on the inside of the, uh, the tent. It was like a little makeshift stove for cooking or what have you. They said it's very possible that maybe uh, this thing might have touched something, and um, there might have been fear. Maybe it was it was putting out some smoke or something like that, and they cut the tent open to try to get out of that, just to try to let some of the smoke out. Or, or, or you know, that's that was one of the theories. That, that sounds too dumb. Well, I mean, but you could you could realistically see something like that happen if you're inside a tent. And, and it starts smoking or something like that and you can't breathe, you know, and it would make you probably want to rush and get out there as quick as possible. So I guess, but so, nah. I don't know. Well, that's pretty much all we have on, on that situation. Uh, but there's some really cool videos. There was actually a movie that came out, I think maybe two or three years ago called, uh, the, the Dietlov Pass Incident. It's a, uh, I haven't had a chance to see all of it. I saw part of it, but that's kind of what piqued my interest in this. I hadn't heard of it before then. That's a really good movie. I don't know if it's on Netflix or, or YouTube, but it's a pretty cool movie. So I said we were going to start doing two stories within it, and that was the first one. Um, at, at this moment, I'd like to do an ad for Blue Apron, uh, but they don't pay us to do anything, so I guess we won't do that. <laughs> But I really would like to. I'd like to be able to do those things. So if you're out there. Those things are cool, though, whatever they do send. They do send. And they're everywhere. Every podcast you listen to, there's Blue Apron, uh, TV commercials. We went to the movies today and saw Rings. Highly advise it. It's a good movie if you like the first uh, first two. Uh, But, you know, they were showing it on the movies before, you know, the previews. They were showing Blue Apron. So, I mean, they have exploded out there. Um, This is one of the stories that we did for one of our shorts and giggles, but since uh, I think two of you watched it, uh, <laughs> it was more than two of you, but I figured it was such a small percentage, and it was such a good story that we wanted to go ahead and tell it. So if you if you watch the video, sorry, you're going to get a repeat of it. You can tune off now if you'd like, but then you're going to miss the shout-outs, and it could be you. But <laughs> we're going to do this story on the Hopkinsville's Goblins. Now, Hopkinsville is about three or four hours from our house uh, in Kentucky, and this is actually the most documented UFO case in history. So how could we not talk about it? In the whole history of the world. The whole history. Um, <sighs> August 21st, 1955, which August 21st is when we started this podcast. So it had special meaning. Uh, that was the first episode. Not in 1955, though. It was uh, way back in 2016. Just, <laughs> uh, but 1955, August 21st. <laughs> 
you had the Suttons and the Taylors and the Langfords. They were in a little town called Kelly, which is right outside of Hopkinsville. Eight adults, three children were there that night. And Billy Ray Taylor, not to be confused with Billy Ray Cyrus, he went outside and was getting some water from the well. Because they were having dinner at each other's house. Yeah, well, not at each other's house. I mean, only, they were having... one house. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the Taylors were having time. dinner at the other people's houses. Yeah, you had you had Billy Ray Taylor, and you had Lucky Sutton, and it was Lucky's brother, and then all their wives, and Lucky's mom, and uh, I guess this was a big deal. They probably had fried chicken, because that's what people do in the South when that's they right. have. Um, Good country. And they were white, so this wasn't racist by any means. Um well, I don't want people to think that because I said fried chicken that they don't know the origin of the story, and it did not to. And for our Mexican listeners, they, it, I don't want to offend you either. So I just thought I'd throw that in. I don't know. If, I don't know why fried chicken would offend you, but <laughs> so anyway, so <laughs> so Billy Billy Ray Taylor goes outside to get some money from the well some and he, what m- some uh, water from the <laughs> well. <laughs> Boy, this thing. Sorry. <laughs> Boy, this thing is just going to go off without a hitch. No wonder we can't get sponsors. So he's, I'm sorry. he's getting water from the well. I'm sorry. I've never had to use a well in my life. Last time I saw the well was when he was watching the ring earlier. So he's getting water. As he's outside getting water, he looks up into the sky and he sees a glowing light go past. And he's like, hey, that's a UFO. I don't know if they said UFOs back then, but he said that's something in the sky that I don't know what it is. And he goes inside, and he was kind of known as a liar to begin with. So they were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what you saw. And <laughs> I wish you, you could have seen his face when he just said you that. You should not have smoked all that pot before we started. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm You should have used yes. LSD. That makes the story so much more cool when you can imagine it. Um, so he goes in and he tells them and they're like, uh, he's kind of known for, you know, embellishing the story. So they didn't really believe him. Well, a few minutes later, they start hearing the dog bark, the dog's barking like crazy. So Lucky Sutton and, and Billy Ray, uh, Cyrus Taylor, they go outside and they, they notice this creature coming from why it's about three and a half feet tall. Um, and he's got pointy ears. And they said wait, the way he was walking, his his waist was moving from side to side, almost like he was, you know, how you are in a pool when you're kind of wading mm-hmm. back and forth. That's how he was doing. And he had a, like a glow about him. But, but they he, said he was hovering. It wasn't walking. Oh, he wasn't even on the ground? No. Like his so that, things so his touching? little going back and forth was like how it propelled itself. Oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of like, like a midget Elvis. Oh, but they're so cute. They had well, big ears and stuff. Yeah. So did Barney Fife. Anyways, so they take a couple of shots at this thing, and they hit it, but they said it sounded like shooting into a, a metal barrel. So um, like it pinged off? Yeah, it was pinging off. And um, it almost sounded dirty. Oh. It was pinging off. Um, so then they run back in the house, and they see one of these things come up to the window. It's peering off through at them, and they're like scared. So they shoot through the window. Which was actually just a screen because it was hot outside and the window was up. So they shot through the screen. Then they walked outside to see, you know, what it was. Mm -hmm. So they've hit it. So they want to see what they got. As they're standing outside, nothing's there. And something reaches down and touches Billy Ray's mullet. (laughs) 
And Mrs. Langford screams. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Mrs. Langford screams and Lucky Sutton reaches up and he sees it and he shoots the thing off the roof. Then they see another one up in a tree. He reaches over and shoots it and he said when it fell, it kind of like glided down. Like real slow motion. And they were scared to death. So they go back in the house and they just hear these things all over the roof the whole time. This this was about 8 o'clock when all this started. I honestly, I would have been scared. Yeah, well, I mean, they kept seeing these things peeking through the windows. Yeah, and, maybe they just wanted some chicken. Well, Maybe they were hungry. It's possible. And about 11 o'clock, they said, hey, let's make a run for it. The whole family, all 12 of them, or 11 of them. Some some of these stories say there were seven adults and five kids, and one said there was eight adults and three kids. So I really don't know. This really happened to y'all. Yeah, this I know is, I laughed a lot through it because you're dumb, but it was really a true story. So they go to the police department in in uh, Hopkinsville. Between sixteen and twenty, police officers, sheriffs, and military people from Fort Campbell, that's right there uh, in that area, they all went back to the house. Now they they said that. It seemed like a very hard to believe story, but they could they they could tell the family was so scared they felt they needed to check it out, and they said they could also tell that they weren't on any kind of drugs or alcohol. So you can alleviate that right off the bat because that's what most people say. Oh, they were probably drunk, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't. They go back there, they find all the damage done to the house from uh, where they've shot through the uh, the walls and through the doors. But and- didn't they find like um? Didn't they find like the little a little green hue of something on the ground? Yeah, something? there was something. It wouldn't. It was something glowing in the backyard, like a little round patch. But it was uh, uh, nothing they could really identify, the, and they saw of, the damage. But they nothing. To, they didn't see the creatures. And, well, I mean, I'm glad they checked them out. I mean, honestly, I would have been scared to death. Seriously, even though they're kind of cute, but still. So what happened then after well, the police left? Um. The police left, said they couldn't find anything. What else are they going to do? And the family just kind of went inside and they tried to go to bed. And, uh, cause you know, that's what you do after you've been haunted by some kind of aliens yeah, or creatures. Is you just, well, well I'll just go to bed. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Come on, kids, got school in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, so they go to bed about 2.30 in the morning. The creatures come back. No kidding. They're, they're back at the window. They're doing all this and, and they just dealt with it for, Till they uh, woke up? Well, they dealt with it till about 7 o'clock in the morning, and then they just got up and all fled the house. I guess they were just waiting for daylight. And now the the funny thing is, they leave, and the newspapers get wind of this, because I guess because of the police department. Yeah. The newspapers already have stories the next day. Oh, my God. Now, the newspapers, because these people really didn't want to talk to the newspaper. They weren't doing it for attention because right. they could have, they could have wrote books. They could have went to all these different sources Yeah, and they didn't do that. They were trying to keep kind of quiet about it. Yeah. And yeah, then you have all them crazies coming up to your house. and stuff. Right. And that's kind of what happened. But the newspaper went on their own and called them little green men. So when you hear aliens called little green men, this all came from this Hopkinsville's goblin. No case. Kidding. Yeah. So it, it was never used before then, but nobody ever said they were green. That was just with the newspaper because the newspaper didn't get any interviews to people. They had them made up the rest of it. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, I played a slot machine called Little Green Men. That is fantastic. And they were cute. And that is a wonderful story. Oh, maybe we'll do a whole show about that at some point. Would you like to hear that? Tracy's gambling addiction stories. 
Her her addiction is so bad when she goes and it says, if you have a gambling problem, call this number. And she calls them and says, well, the Lakers and the Celtics, the Celtics by three, which one should I take? And I'm pretty sure that's not what that number's for. Oh. Well, shoot. <laughs> I ain't been gambling in a long time, but I do recall that little slot machine. That's awesome. I'm just saying, look how far the little green men went. I'm sure everybody appreciates you wasting the last three minutes of their time. Sorry. Anyways, so some other cool stuff about this story is not only did you have the little green men come out of it, but also these the the Suttons and the Taylor only saw two at a time. They never saw more than two, but the papers reported that there was up to 12 at a time. Now, they yeah. saw all these, but it could have just been two that just kept coming back. And a lot of people are saying, well, this three and a half foot thing with the big ears, which was the coolest thing about this whole thing. The night that the police came out, they talked to uh, Mrs. Langford. They talked to uh, Lucky Sutton and they talked to Billy Ray Taylor. And they had them, they all three to describe what they saw. And he, you know, he did the caricature pictures. That's what he was. He was a police sketch artist. All three pictures look almost identical, and these were all done at three separate times. They weren't right there together telling it. He went and talked to each one separately, so they all had the exact same. Right. So, I mean, how I mean, how crazy is that? It had to be true. Well, and there's no doubt. And they, I don't think anybody doubts that they saw something, but you've got people out there that swear that it was uh, um, an owl because they have some of the huge horned owls out in that area. And they say that they can be really aggressive. They're about, you know, two, three feet tall, which is about the same size. And because, especially if they have um, babies anywhere around, that can be really aggressive. There cannot be no owl that big. That's not that big. Three feet? I'm a four feet. Eleven. Okay, that's twice. That's half the size of you. There's owls that big. Well, I'll be dang. There's penguins that big. Well, penguins are different. No, they're not. Except they can't fly. I would freak out if I seen an owl that big. So, well, and apparently they did. But that's the that's the whole thing. And there's some there's some pictures out there of what they say they saw matched up with a picture of an owl, the same kind of owl, and they they do kind of look like they could be. But the problem with that theory is, how do you have eight adults all say? That what they saw, and none of them be able to see that's an owl. When they got, when it was looking in through the windows and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I just find it hard to believe that these things would come looking through windows. And if they did, you would probably be able to tell it was an owl. Oh yeah, I would think it'd be like, whoo, hooty hoo. No. Um. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, you do. God love you. Mm-hmm. So. The funny thing is, the, all these people started showing up to their house. And to show you how little they wanted the attention, they said, well, we'll just start charging people to come up here, and that'll keep people away. But within days, literally days, not weeks, days of this happening, they sold the farmhouse. Wait, who who said they would charge money? The uh, the Suttons, because it was their farmhouse. And they thought, oh, they, they thought to, that if people they figured had to if pay they to charged, get in. If oh. people had to pay, they quit coming by their place. Oh, that so they didn't definitely, work out well, They did definitely it? did not want this for their attention. I know some of the kids... That we're talking to um, uh, newspapers in later life, they said that that their parents they were scared to this to the day they died about oh. what they saw. Oh, oh, so they didn't really talk about it. So then the parents passed away, 
Right. And then the kids didn't want to talk about it. The kids didn't want to talk about it, and they said the parents were convinced that they saw something to the day they died. Oh. And none of the none of the adults are living to this day. Almost all of them, I think, have died. There might away. be one left that saw it, but some of the kids are still alive. You know, that's when you think about think that that's something you have to take that you take to your grave that just haunts your mind every maybe not every day, but don't you think it's sad? Well, I mean, I would imagine as time goes, you kind of forget stuff. I mean, just like when somebody passes away, you think about it a lot in the yeah, beginning, and then twenty I years guess. later, you're not thinking about it every yeah. every waking minute. Now, to the conspiracy theorists out there, they're saying, okay, these were owls. And how do you explain what Billy Ray saw outside? Mm-hmm. He saw, a, a, you know, something going through the sky. Well, there were, in that time, there were meteorologists were saying uh, meteor showers actually going on. So it's possible he just saw a meteor shower. Okay. And then after seeing the meteor shower, their minds kind of went um, okay. rabid. And then all of a sudden they saw these owls. And because they saw that, they assume they yeah, were Yeah, but you don't get no ping sound off no owl. You're going to get a bunch of feathers flying. You're not going to get a ping like it's a piece of metal or something. Yeah, so how do you explain that? One of them was using a shotgun. One of them was using a rifle. 22. So it's, yeah. it's a very good possibility they're not going to miss this thing with two of them shooting. Well, yeah. All you're going to be doing is seeing a bunch of feathers fly. You ain't going to be seeing no pinging. So there you have two of the biggest unexplained mysteries of uh, our lifetime. And they just happen to be within three or four years of each other. And... Well, one of them is in our neck of the woods, which that's pretty cool. Yeah, the other yeah. one is in Russia, which is nowhere near our neck of the woods. That's like <laughs> down by our feet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, let's do, uh, I want to do a couple of shout outs and end on a story. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank Missy Goodpaster and Tina Riggs for buying two t-shirts this week. Thank you, guys. That's great. We love you. And some shout outs to some uh, locals. Uh, we've got Margaret and Doug Young from Louisville. <gasps> What's up, yo? Tell your birdie hi. James Kraft from Lexington. Hi, honey. I love you. And Chris Eversall from Lexington. Love you too, honey. Now, back in the day when Ricky was on the show, we did uh, an episode on Robert the Doll. And if you haven't listened to this episode, some of you guys are new to the podcast and haven't got there. This was episode three, I believe. If you haven't listened to this one, go back and listen to it because I really liked this episode and I don't think it got enough attention for how good of a show it was. Yeah, true. And I look at all dolls differently now, just letting you know. But Julie actually wrote us a story because uh, I'll just read what she said rather than give you the background on it because she kind of tells the background. She said, I recently started listening to your podcast and I heard Robert the Doll episode. You mentioned that you don't know why people are so creeped out by dolls. I have your answer. When I was younger, I cataloged artifacts for a heritage museum and learned something very creepy and interesting. Dolls were in the past made when a child passed away. They were made to look like the child and many times were even made with the hair of the deceased. If you want to see something just as creepy, look up hair pictures. We had a few of them at the museum and they can give you goosebumps. They are pictures made from the hair of dead relatives. Yuck. Oh, my gosh. That is so interesting. Remember that lady we saw at the store that day that had that baby? Yep. And if I can, I'll post a picture if I've still got it. Man, I'm telling you, this doll. So, I passed this lady in the store. And I, I did a turnabout because I'm like, she looks so little. And I don't know. Just something drew me to it. 
And so I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh, how old is she? And all this stuff. And, and she's like, oh, she's so-and-so. And the more I got to looking at her, it was a daggone doll. But I am telling you, this thing was so lifelike. It was almost freaky. I mean, she had done so much work on this thing. I mean, he had the veins running in her, like, forehead. Her little cheeks were flush. Her lips looked like real lips. And she said it's funny because she says she makes those. And she sells them kind of for that reason. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. But they were just so real. And she said some days when she's walking with them, um, and she's like, she brings them out with her, I guess. And when people stop and then she says, oh, you know, I make these, you know, do you want me to make you one? And she says, sometimes I forget. And I'm like letting that baby hang all upside down and stuff because she knows it's a doll, but everybody else doesn't know. And then she she says she gets the weirdest looks in the store because they're like, why are you carrying that kid like that? But I'm telling you, he needs to put that picture up on there because... I mean, it's just mind blowing how real they look. And tell them how expensive it was. What was like five hundred bucks? What four or five hundred? And Tracy wouldn't buy it because she's cheap. She's so cheap she gets the police to taser her just to charge up her phone. Oh, that's not true now. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this thing if it, it was just unbelievable how real this thing looked. But she knows what she's doing when she's making those. I mean, just everything you would see on a newborn, it, it had. But anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that story because it was pretty cool. I mean, Jerry was even like. He was just like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of almost creepy. It's so real looking. No, on the other side, um, we've got the Super Bowl going on as we're recording this, actually. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to see some of the commercials. Yeah. Uh, one of the commercials is Tampax is doing a commercial for it. Did you hear about this one? Tampax? Yeah. Tampax. It's Tampax. Tampax. No, they're tampons. Tampax is the name brand. Oh, Tampax is the name brand. But they're going to do uh, tampons that have uh, eggs on it and... Uh, ribbons and bunnies what's well, gonna be for the special easter period well you are so dumb <laughs> oh my gosh i'm like i listening to what you're saying i'm like i'm like what <sighs> well anyways guys we appreciate everything you've done for us and uh we did get some donations this week and trust me that uh means more to us than you realize yeah, oh my i gosh, mean we're yeah. we're a fledgling show and, and to think that you guys care enough about what we do to you know, throw some money our way. It's it's awesome. Like I said, we we think about it like a tip jar. Uh, I know somebody somebody before said, "Don't you feel like that's begging for money?" And uh, yes, we are. We're begging for. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not, we're not begging for money. We're not, we're not begging for money. We're doing fine. Uh, but you know, you see people out on the street and they got a guitar set up and they've got mm-hmm. their case up and people come by and give them tips. Or you see the piano guy. I mean, if it wasn't for tips, we wouldn't have Billy Joel today. Oh, that is very true. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I just figure that you know that's why we're doing it the way we're doing it. We're not doing a five you know five dollar a month donation no, plan or anything. Uh-uh. It's just hey, if, if you like what we do and you want to give a dollar or two dollars one time, that's great. We'll take uh-huh. it and we appreciate it. And like I said before, if you can't afford it, hey, don't worry about it, man. We're we're going to survive regardless. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you what we. I'm. This is going to sound like a cliche, I guess, but you know we feel rich already because I cannot wait to see your all's um, responses to what we do and everything. It. I mean, seriously, it totally makes my whole day. It totally makes my whole day, and we look forward to doing it. And we're just having a good time and. I feel like we've really made a lot of friends, and it still baffles me that we have all these listeners all over the world. I just, I'm still amazed by that. There's a lot of things she's amazed by. I am. She's still amazed at the fact that when you flush the toilet here, it goes in a different direction than when it does when you go and flush it in Australia. What? Yep. 
it swirls in a different direction. Oh, you made that up. No, I did not. If you flush the toilet How here. How would you know that? Because I read stuff. Yeah. I read. I don't get all my information on Look, Facebook. Look, I'm amazed by the fax machines. I still, I'm amazed by that. I'm but. still actually amazed by calculators. How in the world can you buy something at the Dollar Tree for a dollar that you can punch in any amount mm-hmm. and it gives you the answer every time? How is that possible? How can that technology only cost a dollar? You can tell we're simple folk, right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really take too much, but anyway, we so, love you guys. A couple of different things that I just wanted to just add real quick before we get out of here. On the Facebook page, please like our Facebook page. It's just Put in Hillbilly Horror Stories. Why? Because we give you show updates, uh, stuff like the Phil Holmes thing that you're finding out about. I actually put on there yesterday so people knew we were doing it. Um, he is we, so funny, too. He is. He's funny. I talked to him for an hour and a half today. The interview is probably going to be about 30 minutes, and we'll add that to the end of the show so you get an extra long show that night. But, man, I'm telling you, uh, he is so funny and so, so uh, intriguing to talk oh, to you guys. Is. You guys are going to actually love he it. Um, but if you go to the Facebook page, we do three things a week. I just started doing the third, but we give you a funny of the day. We give you a uh, scare of the day, which sometimes it's video, sometimes it's suggestions on stuff to read. And then I just added the twisted thought of the day. Um, and th- these are things that I'm telling you, it's um, it's stuff on serial killers or or what have you. But it's just going to be stuff that you're going to read it, and they're short. They're short things. They're they're uh, memes. Or as Tracy calls them, memes. Oh, I didn't know. I thought they were memes. <laughs> but uh, we got those things on there. And like I said, so we throw some jokes on there. And then we throw uh, our iTunes reviews, which thank you so much. We got about three or four of them last week. If you can go to iTunes and leave us a review, that actually helps the show. And you can do that absolutely free. And I've heard somebody tell me the other day, I can't leave an iTunes review because I don't have Apple. But you don't have to have an Apple. You can go in and just sign up for an Apple ID on any type of an Android or a laptop and get an iTunes account. You can leave one that way. So, But yeah, if you leave those for us, it helps us uh, go up to rankings. And uh, we went from not being ranked to actually getting our first ranking. Um, and we're pretty excited about that. So you guys oh, get all the credit for, we for that. We are. We are so happy. So we hope you guys have a great week. Love one another. And we'll see you guys back here next week. Go Falcons, which I know will piss Anthony off since he's a huge uh, <laughs> Patriots fan, but I can't stand Tom I don't have Brady. a dog I'm, in the fight on I'm this a, one. So. I'm a diehard Colts fan, so it's against my DNA to like the uh, Patriots. So. <laughs> guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.